Welcome in. It's another edition of the Doyle and Derek podcast here with the Indy Star. I'm your host, Derek Schultz, on this lovely Monday afternoon. But the star of the show, as always, is award-winning columnist, columnist, the unimpeachable Greg Doyle. What's up, man? Busy couple days for you, huh? Oh, man, we're going to start with that word. Yeah, let's, let's, let's start with Mike <laughs> Woodson first. But yeah, busy. Yeah, so the entire, I mean, this is not breaking news, but the entire NCAA tournament is in... My city, you know, you're asking how am I doing? Well, it's in my city. IU just fired a coach and then hired a coach. The IU women are in the Elite Eight, and I can't even get to that. Can't even, like, I got people asking me, can you please write about, the, and I'd love to, anyway, it's crazy, crazy busy. Thank God IU made a hire, and it's over. Um, and I'm intrigued. I, I want to know what you think. What do you think about Mike Woodson? You know, my first reaction was, eh. I was kind of like you. I wasn't all on board about it being an IU guy, even though I got a strong inkling that it was going to be an Indiana guy. Uh, But kind of as the other pieces came together, and you played a role in this because you're the one that broke it, once it was followed by the Thad Mata news, then I started kind of thinking, okay, well, now I'm interested to see how the rest of this staff is going to look. But I've uh, we talked about this last week on the podcast. I I have a huge respect level for Thad Mata, and I have a huge respect level for Woodson and what he did in the NBA. I mean, people pointing to his record, I don't think are understanding the context of those teams. Those Hawks teams early on in his tenure were terrible, and they got way better once Mike Woodson got there. The Knicks are a disaster. I'm a former Knicks fan, a disaster of a franchise. And he coached the only relevant Knicks team of the last 20 years in 2013. They were the two seed in the East, for God's sake. So... I mean, I, I think Woodson's track record as a coach speaks for itself. I think what's going to be the challenge for him is everything else. I'm not worried about Mike Woodson X's and O's. I'm worried about Mike Woodson recruiting and 18, 19, 20-year-olds as opposed to Carmelo Anthony and guys like that. You know, the, he's not going to have to do a, a lot of the stuff for recruiting, but he is going to have to be the, the, the guy that players say, I'm going to play for you. You know, he, he doesn't have to have the energy and all the other things. He'll get youngsters to do that for him. But as we're seeing, like Indiana State gets rid of Lansing and half the half the roster is in the portal. IU gets rid of Archie, and they didn't love Archie. Breaking news, I, that team didn't love Archie, but he was their guy. They came to IU to play for Archie. Like, they don't come to IU to play at IU. Those days are gone. Even for an Indiana kid like Armin Franklin, he's in the portal, and he's an Indiana kid. Yeah. Players, I mean, most people know this, the ones that don't, I'm telling you, players don't pick a school. They pick a coach, and that's fine. And so Mike Woodson will have to be ultimately the guy that 17, 18-year-olds pick. And uh, I just, we'll see. I, I don't know if it's going to work. I, I am utterly, as opposed to two weeks ago when I was horrified by the idea and kind of poo-pooing on it in my stories, just, you know, I'd devote like a sentence to Woodson and move on. I think I called it a courtesy interview he got. At least two two stories I refer to it as a courtesy interview because they interviewed him, then went on to Chris Holtman. I thought, well, if you interview Woodson, you've already gone to Holtman, then Woodson's obviously not going to get it. Well, he got it. So two weeks ago, I, I was horrified by the idea, but after getting Mata on board, and and not just Mata, I don't want to undercut Woodson, but getting Mata on board and knowing what they're going to do with the staff, knowing that they are going to cocoon him with a bunch of college guys that will teach him what he doesn't know. Um, I'm I'm intrigued. I, if I'm an IU fan, I'm not I'm not really really encouraged, but I'm definitely hopeful and completely intrigued. Yeah, I mean they can't get any less relevant or interesting than they are right now. 
So you've got nowhere to go, I guess, than up. So I think most people are willing to give him a shot. Before we kind of get into all of it, uh, you know, how he can succeed and where Indiana can go, let's try to establish a timeline here because you're tapped in. You talk to a lot of people. Obviously, you knew about the modest stuff and all of that. The only thing that I was told throughout this process, and I'm, as I've said before, I'm far less tapped into the U, is that very early on, somebody told me that Indiana is really confident that they have a couple of people that they know absolutely are going to say yes. So they're going to be patient and look around, and then if they have to circle back, they will. Is that fair to say that? Is that how this played out? Did it, did they know early on that? I don't think it was any secret that Mike Woodson was going to take this job. Did they know that early on, and then? throw some bait out there to see if they could attract any other bigger fishes. And then when nothing bit decided to circle back to Woodson. Yeah. Well, that's exactly how Georgetown hired Patrick Ewing. They gave him what could have been a courtesy interview uh, right off the bat. And then they went looking for big game hunting and didn't get it. And George, you know, it kind of works when it's your alumni, Pat Ewing and, and now Mike Woodson, was the safety school. I thought John Beeline was going to be IU safety school. Mm -hmm. If they can't get Stevens, Bennett, whoever, they can always fall back on John Beeline. Turns out Mike Woodson was their safety school. And the thing is, the thing where you got to give Woodson more credit than I'm giving him right there. I mean, I, I realize that I'm, I'm making it sound not great, and I don't mean it that way. They did swing a little bit for Holtman. That's kind of confusing. If you want to talk about that more, we can. That, that was, I really actually kind of feel bad for IU and for Holtman because they were thrown together by, I'll say it right now, they were thrown together by a middleman. Um, whose intentions were pure. A middleman who knows both, knows Dolson, knows Holtman, thought that Holtman was willing to listen. And obviously, Holtman told the middleman, yeah, I'll listen. So IU talks to Holtman, and I find out about it and write about it. And now it looks like, look at IU trying to get the Ohio State coach. I mean, kind of, yeah. they were kind of led to believe it would work, and it didn't. And so anyway, Woodson was a safety school, but... He, they could have hired him in two weeks. They could, but they clearly they're not waiting on Musselman. They're not waiting on Nate Oates. Porter Moser was was twelve hours removed from the tournament when they when Mike Woodson was the guy. So I don't think they waited on Porter Moser. I think they I think Mike Woodson was not just a safety school, but he wasn't quite their Ivy League first choice. But he might have been number two. I never took the Moser stuff seriously because I just don't think that they were going to be able, fairly or unfairly to Porter Moser. I don't think they were going to be able to sell. Going from hot mid-major guy to hot mid-major guy coming off yeah. Archie. Uh, fairly or unfairly. I just think that I thought that would have been a really tough sell for the fan base. Whereas Woodson is it not that you should worry about selling it, but hey, they've got the IU guy and that'll at least quell the discontent with the people that have been demanding an IU guy for the last 20 years or so. Um, you touched on Ewing and that was kind of the first thing that I wanted to get into, Greg, is that, you know, this, a lot of people are like, well, Juwan Howard, Juwan Howard. You look at the track record of pro guys taking over college programs, and it's not really pretty. Uh, Chris Mullen was a complete failure. I mean, those teams grossly underachieved. Patrick Ewing outside, and I love Pat Ewing. Patrick Ewing outside of four days a couple of weeks ago has been very underwhelming at Georgetown. There's been a lot of attrition there. Avery Johnson at Alabama could never get them off the ground. I remember Clyde Drexler went back to Houston however many years ago that was, and that didn't work out. Does that give you some apprehension, the fact that it, it just hasn't seemed to translate from guys that have largely spent either just as NBA coaches or our NBA players whose first four into college coaching is uh, with these high-level programs. In a lot of cases, they're alma maters where they were star players. Well, I mean – it doesn't give me pause so much as that you're aware that it's not a slam dunk. Like it, 
you know, before this first started, you know, years and years ago, people might have thought, man, NBA is so much harder than college. I bet these guys could all go back and kick butt. Well, now we know that's not the way it goes. But Juwan Howard is doing great at Michigan. Granted, he took over for Beeline. He had great material, great. I mean, he had, he had, I mean, it was, he had all lined up to be good. And he's apparently really good too, but it wasn't hard. Um, Fred Hoiberg, you know, went to Iowa State where he was the mayor and beloved and he had them rolling so yeah. good that he went to the nba right. so it larry kristowiak chris Kowiak went to i believe it was montana montana state and did great there so great at his alma mater that he then went to utah didn't work out but it, it's possible I, I i as i wrote in my story last night as i'll say to you right now is we could play the game all day where you find a coach that didn't work i can find one that did granted there are more that didn't but there are enough college uh, NBA guys back their alma mater that did work that it, I'm not pausing about that at all. What I'd be pausing about is he's 63 and has never worked in college. Like Pete Carroll had worked in college a little bit before he came back to USC. Um, this guy had never, I mean, never. And that's, that's odd, but you know, we shall see. From what you were told, did they ever look at Thad Mata as a coach candidate or was this always talking to Mata just about being some sp- part of the program like he is now as whatever his title is associate ad or basketball ops or whatever it is um so as you said earlier i, I don't do this very much uh, i don't break much um you know i made a stink on uh on twitter the other day because hold up sorry a story i wrote kind of got undercut my holman story got undercut by a guy at an iu fan site kind of thing and got undercut that the guy wrote, it was, it was Rab Johns wrote that I have it on good authority and, and Rabbi likes me and I like him. It's not personal, but he wrote, I have it on good authority that Holtman wasn't, you know, whatever. And I didn't like reading those words, not because, oh, that makes me look bad, but because it makes me look bad and it's not true. I don't care what good authority anybody else had it. I had it on the best authority that happened. Okay. That, that absolutely happened. So I, like I say, I don't often talk about, um, scoops and whatnot because i don't get many of them and so i'm not gonna act like i do but uh i did get the motto on the staff scoop so you can imagine that the source i got that from is pretty damn good okay because i had no idea i mean no one even thought motto was gonna be on the staff so it wasn't like yeah i was thinking that way and someone confirmed it no no someone let me know hey guess what that same person told me yes motto interviewed which means what i'm about to tell you is absolute fact <clears throat> same person told me Matt, motto was brought in to interview for the head coaching job mm-hmm um, but it quickly tran- morphed into both sides realizing this is not the right time, not the right fit. Your health isn't good enough. Um, and so it morphed into kind of, we're going to put you in our back pocket as a, you know, associate AD as we continue big game hunting. So they had Woodson and Mata lined up as their safety school deluxe. I mean, to give it credit, safety school deluxe. And when they didn't get whoever they were trying to get Stevens, maybe Tony Bennett, whatever, they didn't wait long. It wasn't like, yeah, we're going to be 14 guys. No, they, they took a shot at maybe two and then and they pulled the trigger. You know, what I got out of that whole thing with you, and, and I guess Jeff Goodman was kind of involved in that, a national reporter for Stadium, and, and then Jeff Rabjohns, who I is a friend and I like, is uh, Indiana, it's, it's not surprising that Indiana wouldn't want it out there that they were contacting another coach in their league, right? So... My take was you heard what you heard and then Rab Johns went to somebody, you know, clearly he's tied in at IU and heard from somebody probably at IU that didn't want that report out there that said, no, 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 no. 
this is not what happened or use the verbiage. You know what I mean? Like these, these words pursued, uh, honed in on, you know, we can make those words say whatever we want. Right. I mean, right. if they sent out a feeler or if they didn't send out a feeler, or if they interviewed, you know, whatever they did, my kind of takeaway was that he got from somebody, somebody at Indiana didn't want that out there. So they shot it down. So he, he put that out there and you put out what you put out there. Cause you had it on good authority that you felt, this did happen, right? Yeah, so you know no, what? We're no no harm, no it. foul, right? We're not going to say I had it on good authority. Because good authority, there's wiggle room there. I've got it on good, no, no. Unimpeachable source is what I wrote. I have it. I, I don't have, I don't go public with good authority. Well, that, in other words, that's, uh, that's, uh, so that's I'm what bothered you about sure the whole I'm thing. I'm sure I'm right. Was huh? the, good, the good authority thing is what kind of that whole back and forth. Well, what what pisses me off is not so much what he that he that he did. I mean, he was told what he was told, like right. And he's got sources he believes in. My, you know, he's doing his job. What and it pisses me off is even too strong of a word for it. But it it's just more irritating, I guess, deflating. You know, Twitter's the worst thing about our business. It's it's great too. It's you know, you can put stuff out there and it's marketing and you can show your personality. There's so much great about it. But it's so crappy that it, what it gives is people that that don't want to like you, an excuse and a reason and a, and, a, and, a, and a voice, a microphone to let you know I don't like you, and therefore this guy wrote this that you must be an idiot because you're wrong, and I like I like a lot of people in the state, but I, and I deleted this tweet because I don't like how it made me look and I wrote it. You know I that's one great thing about Twitter. There is a delete key. You know you you can actually if you don't like something you said or did you can delete it. And I, I tweeted to somebody, but a lot of people saw it and it got traction, is I wrote, when it comes, and here I'm about to say it, but, but I said, when it comes to stuff happening in Indiana, I, I'm not a, I'm not good authority. I don't have to have good authority. I am the authority. And by that, I meant, I'm shaking my head now because I don't know how to say this, but um, like, I don't break stuff very often. We all know that. But if something's happening, no one's talking to more people connected than me. Maybe they don't want me to break it. That's fine. But I, I know everybody. And so it just pisses me off that a guy can have his one-sided source. Like, I got an IU guy feeding me stuff. Okay, well, there's there's an agenda there. I got people on all sides of this damn article. I don't want to hear from people on Twitter saying they're more – I'll put his track record against yours. Or his, his track record of getting one-sided information that suits IU. That, that's true. That's true. Some of us are out here getting information that might not suit IU. And just because it doesn't suit him, I mean, it's not true. Anyway, I'm getting I'm getting worked up about it again. It's just, as I say, Twitter gives people an outlet to say, "Hey, you're an idiot," and they don't even know how to spell "your." There's an apostrophe in there, you moron. It's you apostrophe r e. So I just shut well, me Twitter, up. Well, Twitter Twitter turns everything into a pissing match, and it's like everybody's just trying to do their job. Okay, and everybody, you know, we're all we're all professionals in trying to do. I mean, I I think of myself as a professional. I know you're a professional. Rab Johns is a professional. There are others that are. And everybody's just trying to do their job. And they talk to the people they talk to. And they're putting out the information that they feel like is good information. And, you know, that the immediacy of Twitter and the, uh, you know, wanting to dunk on everybody, I think, is part of it, too. Like, you, you desperately want people that you don't like to be wrong or something to change so they look bad. And, and I think that that kind of fans the flames. And I'm guilty of that, too. I, I like occasionally dunking on people on Twitter. So it's... I'm being a little bit of a hypocrite when I say that I don't like that part of it. Do you know what the most interesting thing that we heard at the hire today? From it was from Scott Dolson, and this is fascinating. He said that he heard he had three things he was looking for in a coach, and and maybe what maybe what he really is saying is 
here's the three best things about Mike Woodson. I don't know, you know, which came first, chicken or egg, I don't know, it doesn't really matter. Because the first thing he said was that he heard from everybody that Woodson's a great guy, like a great guy. And where it's really interesting is that he said some guy he talked to, some advisor early on the process said, we need a normal person. Can we just get a normal person in here? Because IU has had maniacs. Tom Crean's a maniac. Archie Miller, in his own way, is a maniac. Kelvin Sampson's cheater. Bob Knight wasn't normal at all, clearly. Um, I, I just found it very interesting that, that Scott Dolson would, would say that he was looking for a normal guy. In other words, Tom Crean and Archie Miller weren't normal. Yeah. They're, they're not, in, unless they're winning, unless they're winning in a great mood, they're, they're not all the time likable. They're just not. Mike, Mike Woodson's likable. He's like a normal guy who happens to be a basketball savant as well. I'm really, I, I just love that Dolson kind of threw some shade at the last two guys. And yeah, by the way, it stuck out to me. Porter Moser is cut from the Tom Crean's cloth. I mean, he, I watched him. He is Tom Crean on the sideline. Um, Nate Oates is those guys times 10. Eric Musselman is a flat out maniac. And I hear yeah. behind closed doors, nobody wants to work for him. And people say the same thing about Porter Moser, actually. So there are some, there were some maniacs that people like me thought IU was going to wait and talk to. And I use like, nah, we're good with Mike Woodson. He's a normal dude. Yeah. See, I, I didn't know uh, until like the last 24 hours, I, I didn't really know that about, uh, then again, I wasn't as tapped in, you know, uh, specifically the last 18 months or so with the job loss and everything like that, but with Archie Miller, but I, I did know, I mean, it wasn't a secret with cream that, um, Tom cream did a nice job all. Um, I, I don't think that Tom Crean was fired because he was a bad coach. I think he was fired because Indiana felt like they wanted to move on and that ship had reached its its pinnacle and it was done. And I had also heard that um, people in Indiana were just exhausted. It, it was just a, it was a lot um, to deal with, with, you know, not that he was he's not a bad guy uh, or anything like that. It was just that that was I think that was the term that was used. Exhausted. He, he's a grinder, and I mean, and, and a lot of great coaches, a lot of good coaches, they kind of have to be this driven way. I'm, I'm oftentimes amazed at the energy level of these guys, just amazed at it. But it's like Jim Harbaugh. There's a reason Harbaugh, before he got to Michigan, wasn't anywhere more than three, four years because he wore people out, wore people out, and they kind of wanted him to go. And he's doing the same thing in Michigan. Um, he's wearing people out. And what's ironic is those guys are brothers-in-law, Crean and Harbaugh. Can you imagine Thanksgiving dinner with those guys around? Boy, They yeah. wear you out. And if you're wearing people out, but you're winning 30 games a year, everybody will take that. But if you're wearing people out and you're not, like you say, Crean, it ran its course. Well, part of the reason it ran its course is that the IU fan base was just tired of him. And part of the reason the IU fan base was tired of him was the way he conducted himself during games. And he wasn't mean. He wasn't a bully. But if you're an IU fan, it's just a little bit embarrassing the way he's hitching his pants up and running around shrieking and sweating and red-faced. And at some point, you're like, come on, man. Would you – don't make us look like this is a high school game. This is not a high school game. Have some class out there. Yeah, no. I There were a lot of eccentricities, I guess, with him. Um, he's just – he's an interesting cat for sure. Um, but unlike Archie Miller, I'll, I'll defend Crean and say at least he had success at some point during his tenure, whereas with Archie – you know, I kept seeing Greg – uh, they paid $10 million to get Mike Woodson. And I'm thinking to myself, no, they, they paid $10 million to get rid of Archie Miller. <laughs> you know, the, the yeah. next thing was you had to fire Archie. Like, I, I don't know what people are talking about. Keeping him an extra year or anything like that would have been a disaster. I mean, it was clear. The writing was on the wall. It was obvious that Archie Miller wasn't the guy. Um, 
So with Woodson in this staff, is it going to be like the Indiana reunion staff? Michael Lewis at UCLA and Dane Fife and um, Cheney, who apparently got an interview. Um, is Mike Roberts sticking around? Like, wh- what are you hearing this staff is going to look like? Well, Mike Roberts was one of the two assistants kept from the old staff to help aid in the transition. I assume that that means Scott Dolson really likes him and trusts him and all that. And Dolson's going to have a say in this staff. It's a collaborative effort. I am sure Mike Roberts will be on staff. I bet he's the director of operations. My guess is because he's the youngest, you know, he's going to be, the, you have three assistants and a director of operations. That's four guys. Mike Roberts needs to be their worst. You know, he, no, I mean, I don't mean that disrespectfully. He's good enough to be on the staff, but if he's your lead or number two assistant, that's not any good. No. He needs to be their worst staffer. And then they're going to get three more. And they interviewed Calbert Cheney specifically for this role. They did not interview him for the head coaching job. They interviewed him to see if he'd be interested in being Woody's assistant. And we don't know yet if he'll take it. I guarantee you he's been offered a job. Guarantee you Chaney's been offered a job. Um, I guarantee you Dane Fife and Michael Lewis will be offered jobs. I, I would imagine that one of those two will take it. Thinking, one of those two will take it thinking I'm next. Calbert Cheney, will, if he takes it, will be thinking I'm next. Woody's yeah. 63. Someone's next. Yep. So, And if it works, it'll come from the staff. So I suspect someone's going to roll the dice. Cheney, Fife, and, and Michael Lewis – at least one of those three, maybe two, not all three, will roll the dice on being the next guy and join the staff. It will be, to answer your question, yes, it's going to be an all-IU staff, all-IU staff. And, uh, you know, once and for all, we're going to find out, does the IU, you know, bring an IU guy in, bring a night guy in. Once and for all, we're going to find out if this works. You think Fife would take it? I know he would have taken the head coaching job, but you think that he'll, he, would take, he would leave Izzo and take an assistant job? I think the only way he would – is if he was the coach in waiting. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I don't think you do that to Mike Woodson. I don't think you hire him before he's coached a, a single game, say, we've already got your replacement lined up, even if they mean that in the best of ways. Um, so I don't know if Fife, you know, I don't know what his title is at Michigan State. Is he just assistant coach or is he associate head coach? I think he's just assistant. Let me look. I do too. Um, and I, assuming- I, think, I think Painter wanted him to be associate head coach at Purdue. Uh, but I, I don't know if that's his title at Michigan. Let me look. My suspicion is Dame Fife would absolutely – I mean, the money's got to be – you know, I, whatever they're paying at Michigan State, the money's got to be the same, probably a little bit better to make him feel good about it. But, yeah, do, you're asking me, do I think Dame Fife would come here to be number two? I do think he'd come here to be number two. I think they need to call him associate head coach, but I think he'd do it. And I think – Associate head coach. Who is uh, Fife on the on the Michigan State uh, team bio page. It does say so associate he, head coach. He's associate head coach. Okay. Yeah. Then I don't, you know, what Fife's got all this calculus in his head. And part of what he's thinking is, you know, Tom Izzo's got to be, you know, mid 60s. And, yep. And he's a guy that burns hot. And obviously he's lasted a long time. But, you know, how, how long can a guy like that coach? You know, a guy like that surely can't coach. Then again, Mike Shevsky has coached. He's, Shevsky's probably close to 10 years older than Izzo. So, but I'm, that's Fife's got it in his own head. I tell you what, what we'll know is if Fife takes this job, that's you can take it to the bank that Tom Izzo's got another five years in him. If, Tom, if, if Fife doesn't show up here, you can not quite take it to the bank, but you can assume that means that, that Izzo probably has less than five years and Fife's going to ro- roll the dice that he's next up there. Izzo's 66 and Woody's uh, 63. 
Can I call okay. him Woody now, now that he's Indiana head coach? I mean, everybody's calling him Woody all day. So I was like, ah, I, I guess I'll start calling him that. I don't know. I've never even met the guy. It just sounds easier to come out of my head, Woody. Woodson's a little bit, a little bit cumbersome. I like Woody. I like Woody. That was kind of the other thing that people were mentioning was that, well, you know, Mike Woodson played at Indiana 40 years ago. So how is he going to connect with high school recruits? And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's not, that's not the play if you're Woodson. It's not that, hey, I, I did this 40 years ago. It's, hey, I coached Carmelo Anthony and all these NBA players. I know what it takes to make the next level. If you want to do that, I can help you do that here. Um, to me, that should be a successful recruiting pitch. But again, you know, what gives me some apprehension is that clearly that didn't seem to work for some other of these former pros. But a lot of those guys got talent. Like Mullen got talent to St. John's. It's just that it never developed and materialized for him. Yeah, I mean, Penny Hardaway is at Memphis – Kind of a mixed bag there because there's some NCAA stuff going on. But, uh, yeah, I don't think any of these guys land recruits because you played on this court 20 years ago. I don't think that matters. Even someone as, as relatively young as, as Juwan Howard um, and the Fat Five's got all that name recognition. I, I don't think, you know, 20, none of the players weren't born then. So I don't think that matters to him, whether it's Juwan Howard's 20 years older than me or Woodson's 40 years older than me. The parents care a little bit, but the parents aren't making the call. So it's going to come down to – you know, how smooth can he just connect with them? You know, like Greg Lansing at Indiana State, for example. I mean, I think he played uh, somewhere, Iowa maybe. I think he played. He was pretty good. But he connect like he's he's just a smooth guy, connects with them. And I think – and Mike Woodson is a smooth guy. I mean, he's a smooth guy. I, listening to him was really interesting to me. And I spent a lot of my story today devoted to here's what he's like as a, as a guy, and it's pretty cool. So I can see kids going – I like you. Uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to say I like you more than than Jawan Howard. I'm going to go up, you know, go up there. But and I'm going to call Jawan Howard, Jawan Morgan at least ten times. I may have already done it today. I tried <laughs> to do it in my story yesterday. I caught it though. It's tough. Uh, I think Lansing, if I remember right, played like D two or D three ball. But uh, I'd I'd have to look it up. Um, I thought there was some connection maybe with the coach that he played for somewhere out somewhere out there in the Plain States, like Iowa or somewhere. Maybe the Dakotas. Um, again, I, I'm, my brain's all scrambled when it comes to that. Is there a program that you look at now, Greg, that you feel like, oh, Indiana can get here. And I'm not talking like Kentucky, you know, I, I, I think that ship personally has sailed. I don't think Indiana will ever be among the elites anymore. Kentucky, Kansas, Carolina, and Duke. Um, but is there a program that you look at and you say, this is attainable and Indiana can get here under Mike Woodson in a best case scenario? Um, Whatever the second tier is, I guess. I mean, it's not fair to Woodson or to anybody and say, yeah, they can, they can, we can give them an A plus level as kind of your, your over under. Will they be an A plus program? That's not, as you're saying, that's really not a fair way to go. They ought to be an A, whatever A looks like. If that's mm -hmm. Michigan, if that's Purdue, you know, they ought to be an A program. IU basketball ought to be an A program. There, there, there shouldn't be more than eight or 10 programs in the country. They're clearly ahead of them, and maybe even five. There shouldn't be more than five. And I got to tell you, my, I'm not sure Duke's going to be. Once Coach K steps down, uh, we'll see. We'll see. But if, if the wrong guy replaces Coach K, and, and it's going to be hard not to be the wrong guy, um, they're going to fall back to the pack. So, you know, the list of schools that you just know are better basketball schools at this exact moment are Kansas and Kentucky. Um, in North Carolina, those three for sure. If I'm leaving somebody out, I'm leaving somebody out. But I used to be in the next tier. I've always and, felt and Duke, like Duke, but I'm saying Duke without Coach K could could fall back. Yeah, sure. Um, I've always felt like uh, I don't know why. I think that I I don't think I'm the only person to think this, but 
that uh, Brad Stevens would be a great fit for Duke uh, if he decided to come back to the college game. I actually think that he's, I think he's the guy actually that will replace Coach K. I, I think that too. All the more reason why he he better time that. And they got USA Basketball connections, and I'm sure they just have connections because great coaches want to hang around great coaches. Brad Stevens needs to find out from Coach K when he's stepping down, and then he needs to leave Boston the previous year, and so he can sit out that college basketball season because that's like June. Then sit out eight months. Coach K retires in late March, and then you take his job because otherwise. Your co- same reason he couldn't come to IU. Not, not that he would have anyway. I'm just saying it was never going to happen because you're you're at Boston. You have a job until late May. You can't IU can't wait. So it was just yeah. never. It's never going to work out for Brad coming back to college if he wants to, unless he resigns from Boston first. Greg is just cranking out the articles. Indystar.com. Go ahead and check that out. Um, as Matt Glenness said, just $4.99 a month for a digital subscription, and it's totally worth it. Um, everything on the IU coaching search and Fadmata, and now the Mike Woodson era, which I guess officially began today. Check out Greg's work uh, via the app or IndyStar.com. Uh, I'll be back on with Query for Query and Schultz, IC Sports Network, on Wednesday. We were waiting until the Monday and Tuesday NCAA is wrapped up, and you can check iscsportsnetwork.com and queryandschultz.com and we'll be back with a podcast next week where we will touch on other things besides Indiana's head coach I promise guys but I I just felt like and Greg I think we could say this beforehand when I called you I was like I don't know the Colts made like a low level offensive line signing the Pacers technically still exist like there's nothing else for us to spend time on today I didn't think no, this is one. It's like the day Andrew Luck re- resigns or retires. Yeah, you know, there, this is one of those days where one. Of the, this is one of the five biggest stories of the year. Today's one of the five biggest sports days of the year. You got to go with it. Thanks so much, my man. We'll talk again next week. All right, Derek. See you.